Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Begin to be poured out upon all men. This is there. Spoken by the prophet Joel. This is there. Spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last day, that pour out my spirit, saith the Lord. Hey everybody, Pastor Bob here, the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Good to have you with us tonight. And you are listening to a live broadcast. If you're listening, what is the date today? June, must be June 25th. Does that sound right? 27th, thank you. 
uh, June 27, 2021. Otherwise, if you're listening later, this will eventually be on podcasts. Pastor Bob has found out a while back that you can actually access these programs on Holy Ghost Radio through their podcasts, but anywhere podcasts are listened. You can go on Google Podcasts, um, any any type of podcast. So you can find these programs later, but Pastor Bob is a little disorganized, and sometimes I don't get them always uploaded like I should, and I get people really upset. When are you going to upload some more of those tell-it-like-it-is-radio-show programs? And I, I think I've got about 15 or so, 10, 15 of the latest ones that I do not have uploaded, but we will get to it. Uh, there's probably still, you know, hundred of them or so that you can listen to, or more than that. Now, Pastor Bob, who is speaking, is the pastor of the New Life Pentecostal Church in Dickinson, North Dakota, 501 Elks Drive. And one of the main reasons we're on the radio, now here again, you could be listening online, but we are also on an AM station here in Dickinson, North Dakota, and we our target audience are you in Dickinson. Uh, this is a great city of about twenty twenty five thousand people. We've got four gigantic Catholic churches here. We're uh, kind of a Catholic city, but we've got a lot of Pentecostals here too in a big building uh, that we bought the old Elks building right on the Interstate ninety four. If you remember that, of course, you can see our sign now when you drive by. This building will seat five hundred people. We still have some room left, and so we want to invite you to our next service, which will be Wednesday night at seven thirty, five hundred one Elks Drive. Now, we've got people texting me tonight, and during this broadcast, you can be you can actually participate by texting me, and a bunch of people are texting me right now, and you can uh, by by texting seven zero one two nine zero seven eight six two, or if you're out of the country, you can email me Robert Simons fifty eight at gmail dot com. We've got Lori. And Casey listening, both from Southart. We've got Tim in North Carolina listening. Stacy up in Minot. We've got the Willis family here in Dickinson listening. Jody and Harvey is listening. Brother Griffith in uh, Montana, in Great Falls, Montana. And our special guest tonight, Brother Griffith, knows your pastor, Brother Erpelding. Um, we've got, um, let's see who else is listening tonight. Greg Johnson is listening. Brother Johnson's listening. I don't know where he's at tonight. He's always traveling. I don't know where he's at. So if you want to text me and let me know that you're listening, where you're listening, how you're listening, uh, I would love for you to do that, 701-290-7862. Now, you can also text me questions, and you can text me um, encouragement, but if you got something bad to say to me, I won't let you text me that. I don't know how I'm going to block it, but no, I don't I don't mind disagreement, but be nice to me. Don't, don't be mean to me. You might hurt my self-esteem or something. So now I have in the studio with me tonight, and we're going to get into this pretty quick, but I have in the studio a, a man that I've just recently, in the last oh, um, year or so, got to know. And he's a pastor in Springfield, Missouri. And we've officially made his church and our church sister churches today in church. We voted on it. Everybody said aye. Uh, he lives near Branson, which is a great place to take your family if you ever want to go on a vacation down there. He said to him, it's all old to him. Like they, you know, they'll take people there, but they, they're just bored with it. But for us, we like going to Branson, and he pastors in Springfield, Missouri. His name is Nathan Forrest, and for the rest of the program, I'm just going to call you Pastor Forrest. Now, they call me Pastor Bob on the radio, but Pastor Forrest is with us, and I have invited him to the studio tonight. I wanted him to introduce himself, and what I've asked him to do is tell his story of, of how he um, came to God, how he grew up in the church, but he didn't live for God. And so we're going to break it with a couple songs tonight. 
If you have questions that you want me to ask him, um, you know, go ahead and text me the 701-290-7862. But I'm with Brother Forrest. It's so good. Pastor Forrest, so good to have you with us on the program tonight. And I just want you to go ahead and introduce yourself and just start talking. All right. Well, thank you, Pastor Bob. It's good to be here with you. This is my first time in a radio station and on the radio, so I'm excited about that. Uh, my name is Nathan Forrest. I pastor in uh, Springfield, Missouri. The name of our church is Battlefield Apostolic Church, and we are a thriving and growing church in Springfield, Missouri. I love Springfield, and uh, God has brought us there, and he's given us revival. Um, I've been asked, as, as was told, I've been asked to share my testimony of um, how God brought me to the truth and saved me from all of my craziness. And so I'd like to start, just jump right in. I was, um, I was raised in California uh, the first 15 years of my life. I had a wonderful family. Uh, my, my father was a, a minister. My mom, of course, was in church, a woman of prayer, and I had I had a really good home and a good life. Um, I loved where I lived in California. Um, I had good friends, but I never did uh, strike out in my faith for, with God. I didn't live for God per se as a child. I went to church. And I loved the doctrine, and I believed in the Bible, but there was just something, um, something missing in in me. Um, I was baptized in Jesus' name. I think I was probably seven years old. Uh, Gerald Buxton baptized me one Sunday morning, and I still remember that day. God really did touch me. I did receive the Holy Ghost. I believe at youth camp. Uh, but there was just so many influences in my life. Um, at, at one point, I, I remember beginning to experiment with, uh, with drugs, with marijuana. I think I was 11 or 12 the first time. Um, and again, I, I had a great life. I, I, I really loved, I loved the church culture. I loved being in church. I loved my friends. Uh, our, our pastor's son was my best friend. <coughs> and I, as I, as I lived, um, I saw miracles happen. I saw God do great things in people's lives. And yet there was still something that I didn't hold on to or take hold of. As for myself, so um, at the age of oh, I I must have been I was thirteen, I think. Um, my oldest brother uh, was diagnosed with cancer, and a year later he passed away. And because of that, my family was uprooted. But my parents sold their home. And after a year or so, we moved back, we moved to Missouri, which is where my parents were from. And it was the, it was the beginning of the accelerated, 
uh, me going away from God. Um, I still, my parents made me go to church because I lived in their home. So, uh, so, uh, I would go to church, but there was, I, I was not participating. Um, as a matter of fact, there were times that I would go outside and, um, partake of things that were illegal while church was going on. Um, I do remember, uh, uh, brother Booker was a, a friend of the pastor there where we were going to church when we first moved to Missouri and brother Booker was, uh, just starting out as an evangelist and he has said, he saw me sitting back there with, a. I think I had a comic book stuck in my back pocket and sat through service. And he told God, if you're able to save that young man, you can save anybody. Um, I was, I was just not, I was not touchable. I was not rece- receiving of, of the, of the, the word of God and, and the, the services didn't move me. It didn't matter what it was. Um, so, of course, I began to make the wrong friends and go the wrong way and, and always looking for a way out. And, um, um, we would, I would, I had friends, we would go places and do different things, illegal things. Um, and I got farther and farther from God. And then after high school, I joined the military. And of course, then I had a, a free reign to do as I wanted. Um, to back up just a little bit before I joined the military, I, I moved to Louisiana for uh, a few months. And, um, while there, uh, I, I experimented with other types of drugs, some hallucinogenics and things and moved me farther from God and, and um, came back home, moved to the, to join the military and of course, that's where I was introduced to drunkenness, which is one of the benefits of the military. Um, and I, my life began to take on a really crazy feel in that instead of me just partying, um, I lived to party. And I, I remember one time in Maryland, uh, late at night and it was raining and I was driving, I was alone and, uh, smoking something illegal and, and dropped it out the window on the street. So I, of course, being a smart man, I parked on the sidewalk and got out in the road in the middle of the night in the rain and started feeling around for the, the substance I had dropped and a car passed at a high rate of speed, just barely missing me. And God told me that he had just sent an angel and spared my life. Um, it was along about this time that my mom, um, I talked to my mom on the phone and she said, I had a dream that you were in an alcohol bottle and you were being pickled. And God has let me know that that's what has you bound. And 
I totally discounted what she said because I thought I had control of that. Um, as a matter of fact, alcohol was not my drug of choice. But it, in the end, that's what had me bound. And so years passed and my life got tougher and tougher. <clears throat> and by the grace of God, I was in uh, a deer camp in uh, north of Kansas City, Missouri, had gone with some friends. And what I didn't know that was that one of the friends had a warrant for his arrest. And so we were uh, had just come back from town. We were almost back to our deer camp. And, of course, we had rifles with us, and, and I had uh, open containers and uh, drugs in, the, in my vehicle. And we were pulled over by the game warden and the sheriff, knowing that these young men were with me, and uh, I was arrested. And um, I received two years probation, and with the threat that if I appeared there again, I would go to jail. And I almost made it through my two years of probation and got pulled over for a taillight that was out. And, of course, I had an open container, and this was in Springfield, Missouri, and I had my daughter with me, and they charged me with drunk, uh, drunk driving, a DUI, and child endangerment, which um, a friend of mine was on the police force at the time, and he tried to go to bat for me to get them to drop it down because it was that charge was was over the top, but they insisted, and so there I was in a tight place again, and really on the verge of having to spend some time in prison. And then just shortly after that, uh, of course, I, I was married just shortly after that, uh, a divorce was filed, and it was along in this time that I finally said to God, I think I've had enough. You see, I'd, I'd heard the scriptures and I'd heard the preaching and I'd been in church services all my youth and knew of the power of God and seen lives changed. And I knew that what I was doing was wrong. But it took this extreme pressure. It was the grace of God. And so at that time, I found my way back to church, and the Lord met me at the altar, and in one service, God delivered me from all the addictions, in one service, in one trip to the altar. I have not had a desire for alcohol since then. Um, I have not had desire for any illegal substances since then. I, d I don't have any cravings. I didn't, I didn't have to go through AA again, which I'd already gone through twice. I didn't have to, I, there was no steps to take except complete repentance. Mm -hmm. And God filled me with the Holy Ghost. Um, I think it took a year for me to finally speak in tongues, but God filled me with the Holy Ghost, and 
He took my sins away. He washed me. He cleansed me. And he broke the chains of bondage that I was under. Mm -hmm. And I'm so thankful tonight that God is still able to change lives. And it, it doesn't matter what your background is. See, those that have known God and those that have backslidden a lot of times think that there is no remedy and think that I have gone too far and surely God's going to be mad at me to the place where he will not He will not help me, he will not lift me up, he will not break the chains. But God is a God of mercy. Mm-hmm. And God is well able to break the chains of bondage. But just to interrupt you, Brother Forrest, what, um, so your mindset as a backslider um, or a person that at least was around the church all your life, but you still had a respect for it, like you still knew it was true? I did. Okay. I did. I I never did doubt um, the, the, that the, the gospel was true, that you had to speak in tongues. I never did doubt that holiness was right. I always held the ministry in high esteem, the people of God in high esteem. So like when you were around your friends that didn't know anything about this, um, you told a story the other day in our men's Bible study yeah. that you had information, but you weren't living it. And right. uh, tell, tell that story about how you were with these people at a so, gambling party. So at, at one point, um, we had invited some other couples to our house uh, to play poker and we were up late of course and there was drinking and, and drugs on the table and 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 gambling and the the conversation turned to the subject of of salvation and you know different churches what do they say about what it takes to be saved and then after everybody gave their 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 ideas they asked me, and of course I resisted, uh, and I never did give my opinion in any of the other setting. I just didn't. I, I didn't feel I had a right to tell people. So finally they talked me into it, and I said, well, and I, start, I think I started in Genesis, and I, I talked about that God came walking in the garden looking for man when man had sinned. And that all through the Bible, it was about a God that had a desire to save people from their sins. And, of course, I wound up in, in the book of Acts, and I said, this is the first time that the, the, the Spirit of God was poured out upon all flesh, and this is how you're saved. This is what the Bible says. And I said, and I, so I quoted, and Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then I said, so what that means is the Spirit of God comes on the inside, and he makes his household inside of you. And and when I said that, and I started talking about the Holy Ghost, I felt it, and I, my tears started flowing. And I looked, and everyone, all the people around the table had tears in their eyes. They were all crying. Because the Holy Ghost came down in that setting to touch those people that we were just there for a party. We were just there to play poker. So um, 
God has a way of finding those that are hungry and finding people that are that are receptive to his word. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a little break and play a song here. Um, got a people texting, a lot of questions. What they want? Somebody wants to know what branch of the military you were in for some reason. What, which one was it? I was in the Army. I was Ar- military police. Military police. All right. Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is show. I'm with Pastor Forrest. He's giving his story tonight. Um, and we'll be right back after this song. A bottle in his hand Another broken life Another wasted man He lost his home and family Two years ago in May That's the day he bought a heartache He can't afford to pay It's the high cost of low living Sin just keeps on taking When there's no more with a kiss The cost was paradise Thirty silver pieces Bought him more than he could know He bought a one-way ticket To somewhere down below Pastor Bob, to tell it like it is a show, that was Greg McCool, High Cost of Low Living. We've got uh, Pastor Nathan Forrest in the studio, and we've got a lot of people texting tonight, enjoying this testimony that is given. We've, we've given. We've got Jody. She wrote, she said, it doesn't matter how far you go from God, it only takes one step to go back, and that she knows that for sure. We've got um, Marin and Yvonne listening down in Bowman. I was telling Brother Forrest Yvonne about her story about 
your story about how you had a stroke and ended up not finding out about this truth in a nursing home and your pastor baptized you in a swimming pool right in your wheelchair and how you got the Holy Ghost one night right after the radio show. We've got Luke, Alicia, Cheyenne, Sierra, and Jason listening out at the farm. We've got, uh, let's see who else, Doug Fuller listening. Now, Doug Fuller, he does some rhyming and some rapping, and this was not, you know, Doug, this isn't your best one, okay? Jesus took our habit because we couldn't grab it. (laughs) You've done better than that, but it's all right. I read it anyway. And uh, Doug's listening tonight, Brother Doug, good to have him, Brother Fuller. Uh, we've got, uh, Brother Forrest, uh, this is good. I mean, you're, I, I just am imagining that you are helping, helping people tonight, uh, not just those that are playing games with God, but anybody that feels like they're lost and hopeless. But why don't you go ahead and just continue on with your testimony? All right. Thank you. Um, I, I do know that the, uh, one of the first messages God gave me when I got in church, I didn't even really know I was going to preach. And how old, how old were you at that time? I was 28. 28. I, I believe. I believe. I 27, 28 when I came back to church. Um, the Lord laid on my heart the story um, where where Moses came down from the mountain and he, he found the people of God. They had made uh, an idol and they were worshiping an idol and he he ground the idol up he burned it and ground it up and and they made the, and put put the ashes in their water and and caused, had them to drink these this water with ashes and god laid this on my heart that that when you play with sin god will forgive you of your sins but it does leave a residue and it le- leaves a taste in your mouth that takes a long time for it to go away and uh, s- some of the some of the the price that you pay when you when you dabble with sin especially with drugs uh it does leave a lasting uh detriment to your mind to your memory and uh of a higher cost is the price that your loved ones have to pay. Um, when I came back to God, I had I had my daughter Brittany, and I think she was five or six. And the greatest thing, the greatest weight on my mind and heart at that time, and uh, for many years after that, was the price that she was having to pay for the life that I had lived, and. Uh, I know God has forgiven me, and I know my daughter Brittany has forgiven me. Uh, I'm so thankful to report that today my daughter Brittany is in church, and God has blessed her mightily and uses her in spiritual things. And also, I have two granddaughters, Kaylee and Aubrey, and they're incredible. And so God does take care of those ashes that are left in your mouth. Uh, but it just takes a while, and I'm thankful for the mercies of God. So um, as I made my way back to God, uh, God started to put my life back together, and um, I, I met this wonderful lady. Her name was Vonda Hearn, 
and um, we fell in love and got married and uh, I can tell you that God has been so good to me more than I deserve uh, again to reference Brother Booker I think everybody does that um, I was at a, a conference shortly after we got married and he had preached that marvelous message about the mercies, the sure mercies of David. And I came down to the altar with my mom and my grandmother and my wife. And he stood on the platform and poked his finger at me. He said, boy, God's been good to you. And I I say amen to that. The sure mercies of David, uh, God has been kind to me. And so as I made my way back to God, God in his mercy, begin to put my life together. And I quote the scripture, often all things work together for good to them that love God and are the called according to his purpose. All They do work together for good. God is able to make something good. It doesn't matter how messed up you are. He's able. And so we begin to make a life and, and living for God and God began to put his hand on us and help us and began to use us in small measures. Um, my wife is very talented musically, and so God used her and continues to use her greatly in in music. And um, so as the years passed, God gave me, uh, gave us two more sons, two, two sons, um, Daniel's the oldest and then David. And they have been an awesome blessing in our life. And so, uh, to fast forward, at the age of 50, we started a church in Battlefield. I was 50 years old. And uh, we began a, a work there in Battlefield, Missouri. And God has helped us. God's been with us. And two years ago, we... Uh, God helped us to buy a building in Springfield, Missouri. And so now we're now located and we're, we're pastoring in Springfield, Missouri. We have a, a small congregation of probably around 50 or so. And, um, it's my, it, it's my favorite place to be. Um, I tell our congregation every time I dismiss, you are my favorite people to be in church with. And, it is true. It is. I think it's the best church around, and um, God's really been good to me. And the the end of it all is that God is not intimidated by how far you go, and He's not upset and throwing up His hands when you come back to Him with brokenness and ashes. God is able to take a broken life and turn it around and make you a blessing. Amen. Make you a blessing. This, um, you know, just from hearing your story, first of all, when you go visit his church in in Springfield, it seems like a lot bigger than that to me. It's a very exuberant church, very good church, and uh, I really enjoyed being there. But from listening to your story, especially on Friday morning during the prayer meeting and 
knowing what I know about backsliders and some of them don't come back, it seems like your mom was a prayer warrior and really probably the only reason you're sitting here in the studio or being a pastor or even alive possibly yes. is because of your mother. Why don't you just tell us about your mom? And- well, my mom was a woman of prayer uh, my entire life. I we would be like as boys there were four of us boys and we would be out playing and somebody would get hurt and we would make our way to the house and she would open the door uh, drying her eyes and we'd say mom mom so and so is hurt and she would say well I, I knew something was wrong because I was I was in there and and um I felt like a need to pray and I I felt a fear for you boys so I I'd, I'd go pray um uh, there was a time my my oldest brother was was in high school, and my mom was at home, and she just f- felt this great need to go pray. She fell across the bed and began to travail, calling his name. And while she was praying, the principal of the school called and said, "You need to come get your son." Uh, he's been in, in an, an incident. There was somebody had a knife up against him, uh, taking taking his money, and he's kind of shaken up, but he's fine. So, incidences like that happened throughout my childhood, and I knew that my mom knew how to pray. God, God did. She she spent great time in prayer, and mm-hmm. um, so one time when I was. Before I was making my way back to God, I, I did visit church, and I was there in church with them, and my mom, it was testimony service, and my mom stood up. Of course, I was sitting by her, and she said, I'm glad my son is here, and I told God that I wanted him, please save my son. I don't care if you have to bring him back on a stretcher, and there I was, a 20-something-year-old man, and I knew, there was a fear in my heart, I knew that if she was praying that, then I was in trouble. I knew that, I knew the power of prayer. I, I was a believer. I was a believer. I never stopped believing in the power of prayer. I never stopped believing. So when she said that, I, I really did feel fear. I remember distinctly feeling, oh, yeah, I'm in trouble. Um, of course, I wasn't smart enough to change my ways or strong enough or whatever the reason. Um, but my, I know my mom was central in believing. And uh, my younger brother, David, uh, he, is, he is now assisting us there in, in Springfield. He's the assistant pastor. And I know it was his prayers also. He's a, he's a man of great faith and, and prayer. And I know it was, it was my family and others praying for me that got me out of the jam that I was in. You know, God won't mess with our free will. But my theory, Brother Forrest, is that when we pray for other people, it gives God license to mess with us. You know, like he won't mess with us. But when we, we know that people can mess with people. Like, in other words, you can tell a policeman, no, I'm not going to jail with you. And you'll learn a lesson. Sure. Because you will be going to jail. And so we know that men can mess with people's free will. And I believe men give God the ability. I'm going to play a song here. You're listening to Pastor Forrest from Springfield, Missouri. We've got people texting me. A lot of you are really loving this. Some of you 
or text me how you were away from God and have come back. Um, if you know specifically, you're listening to this program, you're away from God, and you think you're a failure, and you think you're a loser, and you think that nobody wants you back. I don't know. That's not the kind of Pentecostal church I pastor. Uh, when backsliders come back, we love it. Yes. Here's a here's a Greg McCool song. Greg McCool was a backslider, and one day his mama went to prayer for him. portion of a Greg McCool song that I didn't even mean to play. I wouldn't have had to tell that on myself. I'll, the one I wanted to play, I'll play at the end. Um, thank you for all the texting so far tonight. We are, um, we've got, um, we've got James listening in Oskaloosa, Iowa. 
Let me read this text. He said, this is spot on. I ran from God for 10 years. I feared I was too far gone to be redeemed. Unfortunately, it took a divorce for God to get my attention. But he is so good, so faithful. He has completely, uh, nearly completely restored my life and ministerial calling in 10 months. So God is in the business of mercy. Uh, we've got Brother Blackshear, the famous evangelist, at least he's famous around here, listening in southern Indiana. We've got Phil, Lisa, and the kids listening out in Medora somewhere, I think, or that's where they're at. And so uh, we've got uh, a little bit of time in our, our program here tonight. You can text me. This is Pastor Bob. Tell it like it is radio show, Dickinson, North Dakota. We're going to give you some information about how to get to church here in a little bit. But text me, 701-290-7862. Now, um, I have asked Pastor Forrest, my, my experience with people that have been away from God or at least grew up and knew God and walked away, Many times they struggle coming back, and so I wanted him to give us kind of a the key of how he was able to overcome the guilt and overcome um, the um, reputation and and actually convince himself he was serious and everyone else. You know, what was the secret, and you, you've got some time here, of, of how you successfully came back to God? All right, well, the the first thing that I can think of, of course, the, the foundation had already been laid as a child as far as what it took to to get a hold of God. Uh, I, I spoke of, of my mom being a mom, a, a person of prayer. Well, I was I was taught that. I was around that. The people that that we knew were people of prayer and people of faith. So I knew that my help was not just going to church which is of utmost importance. But I knew I had to pray. And so I found my way to a church and I submitted myself to the pastor and I took his advice on everything. Um, I realized that my decision-making had not gotten me very good results so I, I needed somebody else's help and I do know that a, a pastor cares for you and that they do see things more clearly they've been walking with the Lord for many years and they're in an office that they have accepted the responsibility so the first thing I did is I went to church I submitted myself to a, a man of God, and then I learned how to pray. And the way you learn how to pray is you pray. And I know that sounds elementary, but I do know for for the first I, I quite some time, um, several years, I, I I prayed every day twice, once in the morning, once when I got off work. And I would pray for an hour or so. And, and what drove me to that was the, the grief and the, and the sorrow and the, the mess that I was in. And, and I'm thankful that, that the Lord didn't just wave a magic wand over me and all my troubles go away. I, it, there was, there was years where things were over my head and, and, and the pressure was there and, and I knew that my place of safety was in prayer, that God would help me. 
but I had to establish a relationship with him that that would see me through the times to come. And I we we talked about this morning, we preached this morning about uh following on to know the Lord. And we have a we have a responsibility to the experience that God gives us the 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 holy ghost the empowering of the holy ghost it comes on us when we when we receive the holy ghost but the bible teaches that we've got to go on from there and there's a relationship that we have to establish with him and there are there are things that god asks of us and we we have to go on from there and it, it isn't just a one time thing where I, I got saved or I, I got to church and, and I go to church. But if you're really serious about pleasing God, then you will press into a relationship with him and learn about him. And in the learning and in the seeking after him, then we begin to take on his nature and, and he begins to change us from glory to glory from Every experience, if we, if we give it to God, He uses those experiences and He changes our spirit and changes our mind and changes our heart and gives us a new heart of flesh and takes out the heart of stone. All these things that need to happen, there, it doesn't happen in an instant. The, the kingdom of God comes to us and it confronts us. You must repent. You must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And, and you need to get the Holy Ghost. You must. You must be born again. But then there are things that we must do. We have to follow after righteousness. And we have to learn to love holiness. And we need to learn to love our brother and forgive our brother. We were talking about that today. Tell me all the other stuff. That's the hardest part. Just forgiving one another and, and loving one another and forbearing uh, even when you have uh, when you have an, an argument and, and the other person's right and you still have to forgive them, those things are found when we follow on to know the Lord. Paul said, "Oh, that I may know Him," and and Paul was a great uh, apostle. He he started many churches and won many people, but his his heart's cry was, "I, I want to know Him. I want to know Him." So, as you make your way back to God, know that He wants to touch you and forgive you and, and turn your life around. But it, it's, it's not just a, the work of a moment. You've got to make up your mind. I'm just going to do what I know to do. And I'm going to read my Bible. And I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to do it five minutes if that's all I can do. But I'm going to do what I can and do what I know. And let the Lord take control. I, I, we we learned this from uh, from as we started to pastor. We, we made friends with Pastor Brewer, um, Mark Brewer in in uh, uh, in Indiana. A great man of God. He's since gone on to be with the Lord. But he said, "I tell people that I meet that their their life is messed up. If you'll give me one year, and you'll do what I say." God will help you and God will change your life. So if you're in trouble today and everything's upside down and you don't think God will for you, I'm just telling you, you find a church, you find a pastor, a man of God, and you give that church one year 
of your attention and your time and your love and you press in in prayer and read your Bible, I'm telling you, God will change your life. You know, and, and I, I believe in that so much. I I do know that, um, you know, just over the years working with people that have backslid and come back, sometimes uh, they'll mess up. Like, you know, they're living for God and they'll make a mistake. Um, what would you, did that happen to you? And, um, you know, and of course, I mean, we all, to a certain degree, fail. But um, what would you tell that backslider? Like, because many times they'll mess up and they're like, well, there's no sense trying. It's not working. Right. That type of thing. Right. Well, uh, we all do mess up. Um, I, I would love to say that I have never done anything wrong since coming back to God. Um, but that would not be right. I have not given up on the church or given up on God. Um, you, I, I preach it. I say it often to our congregation. Uh, God knew what a goofball you were when he found you. It's not a surprise to God that you're struggling. Uh, the, the scripture, there's a scripture in the Psalms. It says that God remembered that they were but flesh. God, God understands that we have struggles and he's not offended. He's not offended in you struggling. What we have to remember is that he, what he wants is for you to just keep trying. When you get to the book of Revelation and we're standing before in the judgment, uh, before the judgment seat, uh, it's those that are found faithful that get to enter in. It's, it's not those that, that have the highest accolades. It's just those that make it to the end. You just hold on to the hand of Jesus. And if you just make it through, then, then, we will be the ones that say it's it's all because of Jesus. It's it's all because of Him. Well, that's where you know this. What scripture? One of the interesting scripture in Hebrews, it says, "Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is." And then it tie, it says, "For if we sin willfully," and when I look at that, it's like it's one thing to fail or fall and keep getting back up, but it's another thing to quit. Right. You know, in other words, don't quit. I mean, just. Um, you know, there was a backslider that visited our church a few years ago, and he he came to church, and I talked to him how he's doing. I, I knew him as a boy. His dad was a pastor here in North Dakota, and, and he's uh, never really successfully lived for God. A story similar to yours in some ways. And he told he told me, he said, I, I come to church. I still feel the power of God. He said, I want to make sure I can still feel the power of God, but then I'll go back out in my vehicle and light up a cigarette, and I'm thinking, Ah, you hypocrite. You know, there's no sense in this. And I said, see, to me, I wouldn't do it like that. I'd go back out of my car if I was you, and I'd light up my cigarette. And I would tell the devil this. Right now, I, <clears throat> I can't quit this smoking. But I can go to church. And I'm going to do what I can do. And eventually, I won't be doing the smoking either. I mean, right. that's I said, right. to, to me, to look at my faults and failures, like you say, do what you can do. You know, faith is a decision. And so you, you do it. It's an action. It's a, it's not like how you feel, you know, like, like you could, this, I told the same backslider, I would tell the devil, I can go to church. I can pay my tithes. Maybe I can't quit smoking right now, that's good. but I will. You know, I'm going that's to, right. I'm going to start where, what I can do and I'll yes. do that. And I think that's, you know, cause many times I think people are overwhelmed with the enormity of what the, the change is. Like your life sounded like a disaster. It sounded like you probably had a lot of baggage hanging all over you. Absolutely. Yeah. 
And so you have to just do what you can do and, right. and move on. And I, and I think that, and like you say, listening to a pastor, um, uh, listening, you know, putting yourself in submission to a local church, um, you know, uh, you don't, it doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter any of those things. So, um, I'm going to give up. We're going to, I'm going to break in here. I got somebody trying to call me. You can't call while I'm on the radio show here, but, um, I want to just give you some ideas how to visit us in the next week. I'm Pastor Bob Simons. I know many of you are listening locally here in Dickinson, North Dakota. Some of you are listening across the country, maybe even outside of our country. But I pastor the New Life Pentecostal Church in Dickinson, North Dakota, 501 Elks Drive. Our next service is Wednesday night at 730, and we would love to have you come. There's even some people threatening to get baptized Wednesday night, so I'm excited about that. And I'll meet with them and see if you want to see what a uh, Jesus name baptism looks like. Why don't you come this Wednesday night? On Sundays we have a uh, Sunday school at ten o'clock, and during the summer we have a special children's church that is just awesome. They put a lot of work into it, and then we also there's that's for the children. But then we have adult Bible classes and teen Bible classes, and these are smaller groups that we break up into smaller groups just to keep it a little more personal, and you can ask questions and make comments. Also, during that 10 o'clock time from 10 to 11, I teach a basic Bible class. It's right at the entryway of the church. If you don't want to go to church, if you don't believe in church, but you want to find out about the Bible, come to my class. Uh, From 10 to 11, it's 21 lessons. We go through just the basic, what the Bible says about basic Christianity. Uh, We talked about prayer this morning. Next Sunday, we'll be talking about prayer again. And then at 11 is our worship service. Friday mornings, there's a men's Bible study at our church at 6 a.m. You can come to that. Usually we have youth get-togethers Friday night. Tuesdays, if you live in the beach area, Beach, North Dakota, which is 60 miles west of of Dickinson, we have a church service there, a midweek service in, in Beach at 7.30 at the Beach Community Center. Thursday night in Bowman, North Dakota, which is southwest of Dickinson, we have the uh, service Thursday night at 7.30, right on 18 North Main in Bowman, right in a storefront church. And then that church also has a Sunday morning service at 10.30. <clears throat> so these are some ways that you can get together. We've got other churches in the area, Beulah, Bismarck, you know, Williston, Minot, Newtown, all over the area. We have Acts 238 churches, and so we'd love to have you come and visit with us. Uh, Pastor Forrest, thank you so much for being with us. I'm going to have you close the program now by praying for our listening audience and just praying that God will touch them. Go ahead. Lord, I thank you for your touch. Thank you for your mercy in my life. Thank you for welcoming me back into the fold. I pray that your spirit would go forth, God, that you would touch lives tonight, that you would save, God, that you would heal, that you would bring people back into the church that the Holy Ghost move on those that are listening. I pray that that faith would grow in our hearts to believe you for anything. I thank you, God, for the purchase of our salvation. Thank you, God, for your blessings. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would touch everybody tonight. In the name of Jesus. Uh, Pastor Forrest, been good to have you with us. And uh, we are excited about being a sister church to you here in Dickinson, North Dakota. Amen. And uh, really, really do love love your people, and um, hopefully you'll get to come back sometime. You've been listening to the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Pastor Bob 
And we will be back next Sunday night at 8.06 Mountain Time for another broadcast. Thank you so much for listening, and God bless. always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website www.holyghostradio.com The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.